say hi. Hi. I'm Amber Rodriguez, and you're watching the Recount Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and uh, you know, I'm the one who leads you on these expeditions. But we know it's not about me, it's always about now entering the ring. And this person can be found at Invictus. Pizza Party, Camp Leapfrog, Uncanny, AEW, Dark, CZW, Capital Wrestling, House of Glory, and House of Horrors. He's been on Evolve and PPW. This is the man who just does all great things with a switch in his hand. Give it up for the man, Big Game, Leroy. Wow, an introduction like that. I, I don't know how to top that. Wow. Like that resume, like I think about my resume and I'm like, oh, it's, 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 it's all right. It's okay. Then I heard it. And I was like, dang, I, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Yikes. And it's awesome because like that's, it's just like, it's like within the last year, we're not even talking about like all the stuff previously. So yeah, no, like, I mean, all the no name, uh, I, I think the phrase is Shindies and Jersey and in the Bronx that I wrestled in as well. <laughs> the ones that uh you know they literally paid me i wish actually i wish they gave me a hot dog all i got was a handshake oh <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah i i've seen i've seen that i've seen that i've been to places where people were just like hey yo like thanks thanks for coming in and i'm like sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just they're just like did you have fun and i'm just like yeah i i wrestle i, I love this and they're like good and i'm like so and they're like yeah you had fun right and I'm like, oh, that's that's what I got from this. That's I, I had fun. Cool. <laughs> the, ex, the exposure. Experience. Yes. Oh, my favorite thing. And then I look at their Twitter page with five followers. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I really got exposed here, huh? Yeah. Exposed for all, being an idiot. <laughs> those five fans in the front are probably all five. Are you that or you just created five accounts and just followed yourself? <laughs> right, you know, I, I, you know, my follow count, you know, the exposure, you know, like I'm sure William Regal was one of those people watching in the crowd. Yeah, he was just like, oh, I, that one right there, he might be the one I get. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, we, uh, Hunter, we need to bring in this next one, this uh, Switch kid. Let's let's bring him down to Orlando. Let's see what he's got. Find <laughs> <laughs> out. It should be a good chum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so first things first, man. I just want to say thank you for coming on our podcast. That's definitely the one thing. No problem. No problem. Uh, it's funny because like I literally like I meant this when I said it like at Invictus, like my Instagram is crazy because like I the people I talk to regularly, like I have them just it's good. Like it's just like talk to them and I see them. And then like if I'm like, I feel like my messages get filtered in such a weird way and I don't see like not a bunch of other messages. So I like was looking and then I like found your page. You followed me and stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute. Then I followed back and I was like, wait a minute. Now I see all these messages. What the heck? <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, I, wow. I feel like a jerk. I didn't even see these. So now I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Especially cause I feel like I'd seen you before. And I feel like we had met before in Victor. So I was like, oh man, this guy seems cool. Yeah, sure. I'll do his podcast. And I think it was one of those things where I was like, I feel like you'd brought it up to me before. And I was just like, oh man. Yeah, I should do that guy's podcast. And I was like, oh, I guess he didn't really want me to do it. I guess it's just like, eh, whatever. Busy, probably went with other people. And then I was like, wait a minute. Oh, shoot. He, he hit me up and I just didn't see it. 
you wouldn't believe like and i i i'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus when i say this but like you wouldn't believe like how many times like i get told like dude like I didn't realize like you had sent me a message. I'm like, it's fine, bro. Like, I get it. Cause like, there's lots. Of, hey, look, the camera going out. Like we thought we happened. Oh, the three count. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, it's 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 like that all the time though. I get a lot of messages that bad people are just like, wow, man. Like, I I totally just missed your message. I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry. I know like you're busy. You have tons of people like get, hit you up all the time. Like, trust me. When I when I go try to talk to females about like coming on the show, I 100% understand. Like, if you don't read my message, I get it. Cause like you know, you're in the, you're in this world and people are like, Hey, yo, you want to be on my podcast? And I'm like, no, 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 I get it. I 100% understand. <laughs> no, no, no. And like, uh, I, I hate to be that person. Cause I always tell myself, uh, especially cause I grew up a nerdy kid in high school. So I was kind of just like, yeah, when I become a wrestler and people know me and stuff, I'm going to make sure I respond to all the messages. And like, I still try to keep true to that. I still do my best. I mean, I think sometimes I get overwhelmed. Like, especially usually after, like, I do a show or something, like, there's just too many messages and I can't get to all of them at a decent time. And then sometimes, you know, like, sometimes they're just weirdos, you know? Sometimes they're just like, okay, I'm just not going to acknowledge that. I'm just going to kind of leave that over there because it's just a little too much, even for me. And I, you know, I have, we all have our limits as humans. I'm just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely, like, yeah, 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 I was thinking about that too. And I, I see that happen a lot. So I always, like, I always just try to make sure just, like, if I catch you at a show, like I'll talk to you there and then like, you know, I'll send you a message or I'll send you a message and then I'll, I'll send you like something else to like, let people know like, Hey, like it's not one of those things. So like, I've had people like tell me like, I want to see like a list of everybody you've like interviewed. And if there's anybody there that's like, like worth a damn quote unquote them. And I'm like, I, I, I don't go get bums if that's what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think it's like, people want to feel valued. Like I, uh, I think earlier on in my career, I didn't really do a lot of podcasts, but it wasn't because of the reason of like, oh, I'm too big for some podcasts or whatever. I just felt like I didn't really have much to tell people at the time. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't really have much to say. Like, I love wrestling and I'm, you know, I train and I try to get better. And it's very like typical. It's nothing really, I don't want to say nothing special because it's my journey or whatever, but it's like, there's nothing different about it than most guys, you know, first two, three years in, you know? And I, I think now, I mean, like you kind of named a lot of stuff, but like now I have like a good amount of stuff to talk about and I have a good amount of stories and experiences in wrestling, even in just like the last year alone, like pandemic wrestling. What the heck is that, man? It's crazy. Uh, It's still weird to like wrestle in a pandemic, like so nuts. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny for me because like I started my, my journey January of last year and like things were going well and then like march happened and like that was it everything was dead stopped all the way till may and then once may came like then thing like the training facility got opened back up and i was like all right yeah now i'm now i can be training and like so from like the end of it was like the end of may till like right before i got injured in late august Mm -hmm. things were going smooth and then, like, after my injury, I came back. And from then on, like, I've just been running crazy. So, like, yeah, I was like, I need to get up to Invictus because I knew Alex. So I was like, let me go up to Invictus. And I was like, yeah. I just want to go sit up and ring and just, like, kind of get my face, like, seen around. And, like, that's the whole reason that, like, we, myself and Chaz actually went up there because we were like, hey, let's just go pop up. Let's go help set up the ring, set up tables, whatever they need us to do, and then just hang out. And 
we brought our gear with us just in case because you never know as, as always as always rule number one <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's like rule number one or one one b one a or one b it's it's up there it's up there you always bring your gear yep and so that was <laughs> that's what we did we showed up and we just like helped set up and then we just enjoyed the show tore down left that was it <laughs> yeah no no i i i peeped i i it's funny. So that Invicta show, was that the first time we met? Because I feel like I had seen you somewhere before then. I I have one of those faces that people are always like, I think I've seen you before. And unless you like wrestle in Maryland with like ACW, like you probably wouldn't have seen me. Mm, yeah, you're probably ACW. Yeah, no, I I I, I uh, went to Maryland once as my cat's tail. <laughs> I went to Maryland once. Uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything, but uh, when uh, the last CZW thing that happened was actually taped there. Mm. Uh, so um, that was my only time wrestling in Maryland. And I kind of was excited. Well, let me let me phrase this correctly. I was excited because I thought that would be the start of something, not the end of something, you know, kind of thing. So I was kind of just like, oh, yeah, Maryland. I always wanted to wrestle here. So cool. I never wrestled here before. Now it's going to be a regular thing. And then everything shut down. And like, you know, I don't. You know, we don't know what the future of, uh, you know, these companies are, but I was just like, oh, man, like, I really wish, like, that could have been a consistent thing because you never know. Like, CZW is kind of rebranding itself, rebuilding itself under some, like, young guys, I guess myself included, if I can, you know, say so myself. And I felt really good and confident about, like, the direction of that company. And then, you know, everything shut down. And then, you know, obviously a lot of people spoke out about it in a certain way and stuff like that. And, you know, rightfully so, you know, obviously some practices and stuff were just not okay at all and you know i think we realized that about a lot of places but you know that also was kind of like inspiring to me in a weird way like i was kind of just like wow like wrestling sucks oh wait no (laughs) it's on us to kind of make sure that it doesn't suck you know in a way like it's like on us to kind of try to be that positivity because like it's very easy to feel hopeless like i was that guy in the locker room that would hear about all this craziness and go well it's not really my business or my place to say anything because i'm this like two year in kid who you know isn't even like on wrestling on this or i'm just doing the battle royal or i'm just doing this random thing and like it's not my place to speak up about these issues because i don't have any foot or stock in these matters you know i don't have a twitter following in the in the point thousand k's or whatever you know at the time at least or whatever (laughs) um i mean now i guess i'm at like a a nice two thousand on twitter but like even now i still like I, i i I relish the platform I have because I realize like now I have a responsibility. I feel like, you know, I think a lot of wrestlers might not feel that way and that's okay. It's a personal thing. Some people don't really, you know, give, give a, you know, they don't care about social media. They're just like, Oh, whatever. I'm just going to post if I'm, if, uh, if I'm, if I'm drunk, I'm going to post if I'm angry. I'm going to post if I'm sad. I'm going to post if I'm happy. And that's cool. Like if you like, sometimes it's really entertaining. Sometimes it's really fun. Sometimes it's cool to get a glimpse into someone outside of the wrestler but uh, sometimes it's also just like, I don't know, like you could be like making people aware of real issues. You could be making people aware of stuff that probably doesn't need to be a thing anymore in wrestling. Like we've evolved from or things that like really need highlighting, you know, and like I kind of realized that in the pandemic as I was like making content or trying to be funny. Like I, I used to make jokes on Twitter that all I was eating was Pop-Tarts and then post a picture of me and abs and be like, hey, I just ate you know, Pop-Tarts all day and still I have abs. Want to see me try to lose them tomorrow? (laughs) And like, then I started to realize like, oh, like social justice stuff was going on. Stuff in wrestling was happening. And I was like, oh, let me, let me speak out about these things. Cause I think that's a little bit more important than me. What flavor pop tart I'm eating or (laughs) if I still have abs, I eat like three of them or something. 
Yeah, actually, so it's funny because like I I I'm actually genuinely like this is this is kind of fly. I love this, but I'm curious because like this is a question, and I'm sure you probably get this you probably get this question a lot. But like being a black man in the wrestling industry, like what does that mean to you? Mm. Uh, so when I was a kid, like I grew up, uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Bed Stuy to be exact, and that's like a neighborhood that's predominantly uh, you know black, Hispanic. Uh, you know, it was a neighborhood that was a little on the rougher side, if you, if you can imagine. It was called Do or Die bed you know, and all the movies and all that stuff. So uh, growing up in that neighborhood, like, you kind of were either into hip-hop and rap, you were into ball, or you were into drugs in the streets. So me being a kid that was into wrestling wasn't always uh, the coolest thing. And I always had a lot of people who were like, oh, that's what white kids are into. What, what's, what's wrong with you? You're trying, to, you're trying to be white or something? And I was like, oh, no, I just really like wrestling and Jeff Hardy and RVD and these people. And it was it was already kind of like a, a weird thing to a lot of people. Right. And as I got older, I got a little bit more conscious of it. Like, hey, like, that's really weird that this wrestling thing isn't for me in some way, I guess. You know, I guess because like you would watch it and you wouldn't see a lot of uh, too many black wrestlers. Like I remember as a kid, I, it was like Booker T, uh, The Rock, obviously. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, those were the people like that was the only people I saw who kind of somewhat resembled me, you know, and then later a little bit, like Ray Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, you know, like uh, other Hispanic people of color kind of rising to prominence. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, that maybe there is an avenue for a guy like me, because I didn't always believe I could be a wrestler. You know, I didn't always think that, you know, part of it was like I was a scrawny kid and I was super short and I was kind of just like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen for me. And then part of it also was like, you know, I don't really these guys on TV don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't carry themselves like me. So maybe that's a sign. But, uh, you know, things change. And like as a while, you know, after a while, you kind of like you grow up, you grow older. and You're kind of like, well, I don't think I care anymore. If it, Like I, sh- I need to go up there and do that for me and for people like me, you know, especially because like you start to see other wrestlers rise to prominence and stuff like that. Like, I love the New Day. I think what the way they've been able to do it has been really, really awesome. They, th- they do it through positivity and just being entertaining nonstop. And, like, I think there's something really cool about that. And they never sacrifice their beliefs. Like, I saw them on WWE programming, on Fox, on Fox, literally kneel and put their fists up in protest, you know, on, on, on a Fox program. And that isn't lost on me. And I think that there's something incredibly powerful about that. And I think that there's something really cool about that. And, you know, to me, I'm like, wow, like that's at the highest levels. So what can I do at this level? What can I do now? Because during quarantine, I was the first thing I started thinking was like, how can I like, how do I like bridge this gap? Like of like, hey, I am this video game guy, but I'm also black, proud of it. And like, I have this experience both in wrestling and also just outside of wrestling of being this black man. I have been in locker rooms where they were kind of just like, hey, well, we already got these two black guys in the card. So, I mean, I guess maybe we could put you in the battle royal or, yeah, well, you know, we got enough people of color or we got enough of this, you know, real, you know, and you feel like you're just filling out a quota and, you know, it could be really disparaging. It could be really heartbreaking. because You're kind of just like, well, now on top of the fact that you're racist, clearly <laughs> I have to compete with my, my people to get on the show all because of our race, not because of like, like in wrestling, you got to compete with people just off of being talented or whatever. That's fine. But it's like I got to compete with my against my brothers for three spots on a show when for, you know, a white person, maybe they probably wouldn't have to do that or something like that. And it's not just about being a black person like that. A lot of other races of color 
and women as well feel that same burden of like, wow, I got to compete against people just like me for this one spot because that's all we get, you know, and it, and it happens a lot more in independent wrestling, depending on the company. And I think that's something cool that's come out of the pandemic wrestling era has been the inclusiveness because people are now aware of it and they have to be aware of it because us, the wrestlers are speaking up more, you know, like I can go on Twitter and say like, Hey, like, it's not cool if this, this, and that is happening because, and people will pay attention because it's not wrong. And I don't have to worry about getting blackballed or anything like that, because I feel like there's a lot more protection for us as wrestlers. Obviously I'm not going to go nuts and start spewing about this or that or that or this, because I understand that progress takes time, you know, like this, this stuff takes time. And I'm not saying that I need all black shows all the time. That's not even necessarily what I want. I, Honestly, like I love the idea of for the culture shows and this, this and that. And I think they're really, really, really cool. But I just want a show that has diversity and it doesn't even have to like say it's diverse. It just is like that's just the status quo. That's not the exception. That's just always it. Yeah, yeah. it's just the norm. Like I look at like, um, like, for example, um, you know, we listed Pizza Party is one of the companies I wrestle for that, uh, you know, and. They promote themselves as, and I love Pizza Party. So, like, let me also say that. Shout out to Pizza Party. Love them. They're one of my, no, actually, they are my favorite place to wrestle. <laughs> and I'm sorry, everybody else. It's just, I have so much fun there. Uh, the, like, I, I love being the Invictus Social Media Champion. But at Pizza Party, I have so much fun. And I feel creatively so listened to in such a way. And it just it's just so fun. And part of the thing, one of the things I really love about Pizza Party is that they're probably one of the more inclusive companies I wrestle for. And they don't even promote it. They just are. And I love that. Like they have women's and intergender matches and they don't promote it as intergender. It's just matches. They have, you know, LGBTQ wrestlers. They have black wrestlers. They have Hispanic wrestlers. They have wrestlers of all type and all backgrounds of all legitimate, whatever backgrounds. They have shooter weights. They have catch wrestlers. They have everybody. And I think that's so cool. And that's just the norm for them. They don't promote it because they're like, diversity like this is just how we are that's not a, a catchphrase that's not a poster tagline it's not a hashtag that's just what we're trying that's just what we are you know and right, i think right. that's really really cool not to say that like if you promote that you're all about that it's bad obviously like if you like promote that so people know that that is what should be the norm that is what we're working towards but like it's so cool to me that they just do it and they just are about it you know and i think like i can't i can't put them over enough about that i can't give them enough credit for that because they just did that, you know? And I, I love that. It's beautiful. No, that's awesome though. And that, and you're right. You, you would think that it would be like the norm. Like it, it shouldn't be like, Oh yeah. Like this company, except it's exceptional. It doesn't have to say anything, but you would think that like across the board, like things would just work together and everybody (sighs) would be like a part of something bigger, but you're right. The, the pandemic definitely like turned heads like, and was like, Hey, like, I was just talking about this actually the other day. Um, it was weird how like the first weekend that we're able to go out and enjoy like outside, like from the lockdown, like we have obviously the whole George Floyd thing happen. And mm-hmm. we're like, now you have to face that because that's the first incident that we have that comes out of that. And mm-hmm. everybody was like, yep, we're a racist country. We got to figure this out. <laughs> and like, yeah. You know, and and it's funny because you you said it like you know progress like takes time, but the other part about about progress is that progress is fragile, you know, and like people like as soon as something happens, like people anybody's looking for a reason just to stop something, 
And so it takes time, but it's fragile and you got to nurture it and you got to, you know, make sure people understand like, hey, this is norm. This isn't, this, this was never like supposed to be one or the other. So I definitely Absolutely. agree with you on that point. Um, I have always, I always bring up all these fun questions, but I'm always, I'm, I'm genuinely like interested in this whole entire conversation now, but I really <laughs> want to know like, how did you get wrestling? Cause I know, I know you're a gamer, right? And like you had mentioned that it wasn't normal for you to be in wrestling, but I'm just curious, like what drew your eye to the sport? Uh, I, uh, it's always hard. I always say the first thing I remember my first memory in wrestling was the rock cutting a promo and it just making me laugh. Like as a kid, I think it was like probably three or four. And I just remember the rock making me laugh. I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what he did. I just remember finding whatever he was doing, super entertaining. And I think that that's kind of stuck with me with my idea of wrestling. Uh, as I got older, my cousins and uncles and, and ever, all my friends are super into wrestling. And I was too. Um, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I grew up on SmackDown, UPN. Shout out to local syndicated cable because I didn't, I couldn't afford cable cable. <laughs> but uh, like I grew up on that, you know, like I love guys like Rio Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. Um, I didn't even know Shawn Michaels and Triple H were like wrestling wrestling until, besides like the pay-per-views because I <laughs> didn't even know Raw was a thing for the most part. I only knew SmackDown. You know, um, obviously later a little bit, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. Like, I just love that era of SmackDown so much. And, you know, after a while, I was just like, man, this is so cool. You start play wrestling with your family. You start, you know, playing all the video games and creating all the characters. And you're just like, you know, creating yourself in SmackDown versus Raws and doing the career modes. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, it would be awesome to be a wrestler. You get to travel the world. You get to be rich and be on TV and be cool, you know, because when you're a gamer, being cool is, is, is super important. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. It was weird because, like, I think it was, like, around the time of middle school, high school, I was still super into wrestling. And I think at that age, you're supposed to – no one told me this. I, I didn't realize this. You probably also didn't realize this. You're supposed to grow out of wrestling, apparently. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't learn that lesson or something because I, I just didn't. And I, as I got to learn the, the backgrounds and the, the stories in the locker room and stuff like that and, you know, more of what actually goes into wrestling, um, I got more enamored by it. You know, it didn't, you know, some people get put off by it. They're like, oh, this is what really goes on. This is what wrestling really works. It's a performance in this way or that way. And I was like, no, like, this, this sounds awesome. Like, this sounds even cooler. And. I kind of want to be a part of it, even though I'm not athletic at all. And even though I'm not probably a prototypical wrestler person or whatever. And then I think around the age of like 14, 15, I started thinking to myself, well, wouldn't it be really cool to at least try, you know? And I thought to myself, and as I got a little bit older, when I was like 16, 17, I was kind of just like, well, I owe it to myself to at least like kind of try, you know, I'll, I'll go to college. I'll, I'll do all the stuff, but, let me find a wrestling school right after I graduate high school. I'm going to figure out however I'm going to make some, a little bit of money to get me through a few months at least. And if I suck at it and I hate it and it, it hurts and all that stuff, which I, I knew it was going to, you know, do all that stuff. I was like, then I'll, I'll drop it. I'll get a real job. I'll focus on a real career. And that'll be that. But at least I could tell myself, I love wrestling so much. And I tried it and I gave it a try and I don't have to live my life with any regrets. And at 17 years old, literally a month after I graduated high school, I uh, found a wrestling school, House of Glory, and uh, I sucked and it hurt really, really bad. But <laughs> I loved it. I, I really, really loved it. Like I was in a ring and just being in the ring and just touching the ropes, like that stuff just 
it, it made me so happy and I wanted more. Like, even if I wasn't good at it, even if I didn't necessarily have the physical, uh, I don't know what the word is, the physical potential, the physical knack for it. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I think this is kind of what I'm maybe meant to do, you know? And then as you improve and as you get better and as you, you feel more confident, like uh, partly because I started wrestling at 17, you know, I started training at 17, uh, you know, like it, it's kind of like a big point of life development. I realized like in hindsight, I'm kind of like, it's kind of crazy that I started that at 17. Like it's kind of nuts. Cause like some people don't even know what like school they want to go to at 17. Right. And I look back and I'm like, wow, like it kind of shaped my whole life because, you know, wrestling was a very humbling sport. Like it taught me a lot about like how to, you know, be humble and like how to be patient with yourself, you know, being meticulous about like, you know, being like, for example, like in wrestling, your footwork is everything early on, you know, your footwork is everything early on. And, you know, I spent hours at home, not even in training at home, just practicing how to walk right or how to uh, lock up properly, just, just pantomiming and wrestling the air and, and paying attention to my shadow to make sure my feet were pointed right or something like that. And I, it's just crazy to me. Cause like, that was the stuff that, that stuff sticks with you, you know, for the rest of your life. Cause you're like, wow, I devoted myself in such a way to wrestling, to anything. Some people, you know, wake up in the morning and they don't have anything to devote themselves in that way. And that's like really, really cool. That I got that at 17, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like um like we met and like I'm I, I told you like right up front, like I was like I'm a huge fan and I feel like you kind of gotta take it back a little bit because I was uh like for me, like I'll tell you like my journey was was like ridiculous, right? Like I I got out of high school, I went to college, I you know, I was following the path like everybody else was laying out in front of me. They're mm-hmm. like, go to college you know, joined a wrestling team and I was, I was a college wrestler. And then like, I failed nice. out and then I went into the military and then, cause everybody was like, go to the military since you don't really know what to do with your life. And I got out of the military and everybody's like, go to college. Cause you don't know what to do with your life. And I was like, Oh, go to college. And then I graduated and I was like, what am I going to do? They're like, find a job. I was like, I'm going to go wrestle. That's what <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> so here I am at like, 35 years old and I was like I'm gonna hit this ring I'm gonna hit these ropes I'm gonna learn this business I was like I'm gonna do everything I can I was like because you're right it's funny because like when you're such a young age people all grew out like when I I was I'm a 90s kid right and like everybody after like DX and the NWO kind of like fell apart like everybody was just leaving wrestling but I was like no but there's like there's still more stuff going on they're like we don't care and I was like that's it it, to me it blew my mind because like I have three big things that I love in this life, right? And uh, outside my family and my daughter and my wife, obviously, like, right? Like those, mm. you always going to love those things. But yeah. things that I fell in love with were the Broncos wrestling and Dragon Ball. And <laughs> like, I still <laughs> watch those things now. Like, and nice, I'm, nice. I'm a huge nerd for it. And like, I think about it and you're right. Like there, when I look at the world, I was like, there was never a place for me like that. And, but wrestling, there's always a place for you like that. Like they, it's something you're either like really, really athletic, really, really weird, or really, really, really dark. Yeah. Like, you're somewhere in that category. <laughs> and like, yeah. And it's always, it, to me, it just it always blew my mind. And I'm like, this is like the greatest thing of all. And I was like, wrestling is so much fun because when you, when you saw someone like the New Day come along and openly admit that, like, we play Pokemon Go. We're a level 21 team valor for life. And I was like, me too. <laughs> so I think about like 
all the crazy things that like inside like the wrestling world that the wrestling world in itself is like a bunch of kids who just refuse to grow up and still get to do all the stuff that they love doing. And I, I just, this is a business that I was like, I'm going to be in this business. I'm going to have so much fun in this business and it's going to hurt because let's be real, like taking bumps suck. <laughs> and I was like, but in this world, it's a lot of fun. And I, 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 I openly wish the only thing I wish I wish I would have started earlier, but I'm really glad I just got started period. Yeah, no. And I think like, there's so many stories of like so many wrestlers who started late and finding so much success. And I, I also just think like you're just doing it. It's like just the most important thing. It's not about how you, the journey is, a you know, the journey to getting there. It's just like, at least you started like, it's not about how you got on the journey or how you got on the path. Like you started the journey. Not everybody can say that they chased their dream at any point in their life. Some people, work a nine to five and maybe, you know, they live a decent life, you know, and they make a living and they have a family and they live like everybody else. And that's okay. But like, then they have their life with regrets and they're like, dang, I really should have chased that dream or I should have really put more into what I really wanted to do. Cause I just do what everybody else tells me what to do. And like, I realized like, I'm just never going to be that person. Like even in wrestling, I've never been good at like uh, just following what everybody else is doing. I've kind of always kind of had to do my own thing and just roll with my gut. Right. And it's like a healthy level of like self-awareness too. Cause it's like, I'm not always right. Obviously. Like I'm, I don't think anybody is. It's just like, if I have a gut feeling that things have to go a certain way, then you got to follow that, you know, like I, even like in terms of like the companies I work for or how I go about my career or the people I keep around me, everything is just like, it's just my gut, you know? And it usually works out, you know, like uh, there was a point where like, I wasn't getting any opportunities and I was doing all the right things, the quote unquote, right things in wrestling. And I was going to the shows, I was showing face, I was sending out my tapes everywhere and it just, it just wasn't working, you know? And I had to take a bet on myself. I, uh, you know, I, I say this a lot and I attribute a lot of my success to it, you know, and it's a shout out to Evolve obviously, but you know, if I hadn't done the Evolve trial in uh, September of 2019, I don't know where my career would be right now. Cause it's kind of like I was getting, booked obviously consistently at my home promotion house of glory but i really didn't have anything else going on i was uh sort of getting used at cdw because i was showing up to dojo wars and i was being humble there but they really only used me as like an enhancement guy so it wasn't really much and um you know with evolve i was able to springboard my career partly because like they really took a knack to me and a liking to me and it inspired me and gave me so much confidence you know like i'm a huge fan of johnny gargano like and I so much of my work almost emulates him in a, in a, to a degree and for him to tell me that like he thinks that what I'm doing is something really cool and that he believes in me and he will always have my back is like really really cool and really inspiring and like to me it's like gang like I wake up in the morning and I think I'm all right but if that guy thinks I'm cool like I, I might as well I must I gotta think I'm cool at least you know it's just <laughs> like I I don't know it's just like that's the stuff in wrestling like you look for you're just kind of like yeah, I should be a little bit more confident in myself. Yeah, I should trust in myself a little bit more. Like, you know, obviously, like, I'm not always going to be right, but I just got to go with my gut, you know? And if I feel like this is the right move or the right time to do something, this is this is it. Like, you know, uh, I, the big, like, you know, right now I'm doing this little thing of, like, big drip, and I'm on this gamer wave kind of thing, and this aesthetic kind of thing. And I'm having a lot of fun doing that because, in a way, it is me. And it is, it's still me. It's still the video games. It's still who I am. It's just 
now you know gaming is a little different you know we're not wearing pocket protectors and well i'm wearing glasses right now so i guess it doesn't count but you know we're not wearing like it's not the stereotypical steve urkel thing that we think it is you know when you're a gamer today you're probably the coolest cat in town because that means you're a twitch streamer that means that you're an influencer that means you have all the followers that means that you have this this aesthetic of a gamer wave a vapor wave like there's so much to it now and i think that it's so cool that now i can tap into that a little bit you know, I'm still a geeky Nintendo fan for life, but if I can give this cool aesthetic of like, oh, yeah, I'm a gamer, but I'm also wearing this low, I got this lo-fi aesthetic, I got my little bucket hat, I got my my nice little sunglasses or something, like, you know, there's something fun to there, you know? And I think that most people can get that and most people can kind of, kind of ride with that because they're like, oh, yeah, he's a nerd, but that guy's a cool cat, too. <laughs> Yo, it's funny, it's funny you bring that up, too, like, just, like, when you think of when you think of nerds right you do you think you think of like steve urkel or uh you think of like screech powers right you think of like those cats like from the from like the 90s and you're like dude but we it's weird to say like we've evolved but we've just embraced like the culture so much more you know Mm -hmm. and it was funny because like even my daughter the other day like she was talking to me and mind you for you guys who don't know we're actually recording this on may 10th just to kind of throw that out there but um (laughs) Uh, but she said this to me the other day. She was like, Dad, what's it like being successful? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm so far from that. And she was just like, no, 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 no. She's like, you have like this fun thing that you do, like the podcast, and then you do your wrestling thing. And then you still have like, you like to play video games and you like to do this and that. And I was like, well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Like, you're right. And this is kind of like, right. I was like, it, it feels good. It feels great. It feels great, babe. Yeah. I was like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah, that's how that feels. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. 100% you're right. So it was kind of funny to hear like all that and then talk about it. And then you're like, you know, and then going out and get to meet people who kind of like understand like, yeah, like you're getting on like this little wave, but then like you, you feel the wave out, like, you know, you feel the way like you're surfing, right? You feel it and you feel like it's starting to build and you're like, yeah, you know what? Like things are turning and I, I can feel it. So I was like, I'm just going to get ready to ride this down. But yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking about that when you said with Johnny, like Johnny Gargano thinks that you're cool and he, that man lives and dies this business and it takes probably the worst kind of bumps I've ever seen in my life. But with that being said, I got to know for you, man, what's the worst bump you've taken? Uh, that's an easy one. Huh? <laughs> well, unfortunately, an easy one. Um, WrestleMania weekend in New York, uh, 2019. I wrestled uh, at Culture Clash 19. Uh, and Smiley, one of my rivals slash friends who slash one of my trainers, technically, uh, powerbombed me from the ring. So at House of Glory, we had this wooden ramp that we walked down, very New Japan-like, really cool. Um, what's not so cool is when you get powerbombed, running powerbombed from the ring onto that wooden ramp. There's no give. There's no anything. It actually it hurts more than you can imagine bumping on the floor would feel. Because at least the floor, there's like this sense of like, I don't know. Like, the, like because it's like longer, there's a sense of like, okay, the, the, the force is, a, there's a little something to it or whatever. I landed on that ramp and it just, there was no give. I felt my body and I felt the air and the spirit leave my body for a moment. And I hit there. And I bounced. The human body shouldn't bounce off a of wood. <laughs> and I bounced. And then I fell off the ramp. And I remember my favorite thing was um, Nick, uh, Nick Shin. I, I don't know. I got I to gotta plug him. 
he was a it was a casket match so he's, he's one of the rest he comes over and checks on me very standard very very good ref thing he comes over he checks on me he's like you okay man and i'm like yeah and he goes man that looked like it hurt and I, i'm pretty good <laughs> at not swearing and i curse so loud like what the hell? like of course it hurt like there's no part of it that wasn't gonna not hurt um and that um you know, it messed me up for a good week. I, I like to think I have a pretty high uh, pain threshold, but uh, the fact that I was able to finish that match, the fact that I was able to go through uh, what I was able to go through to get back into the ring just like about a week or two later was pretty incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, like anytime people, uh, it's funny because like, you know, I did, a, I did a death match recently for the first time and a lot of people were surprised by that. And I was kind of just like, um, I've kind of taken a lot of stupid bumps and kind of, gone through a good amount of hardcore stuff too i'm not really uh afraid of these moments and i will say that um if czw ever comes back one of my big goals is a tournament of death one of my big goals is to like jump into that kind of hardcore ultra violent type of uh, death match area and not for the sake of just getting attention to myself but like i genuinely want to kind of take a dabble in that art form because i look at wrestling as an art form and i look at uh the different kinds of matches and the different styles is the mediums you know like an art you know you can paint you can sculpt you can uh draw freehand you can draw with watercolor uh, or paint or whatever you can um you know you can ink and ink blot or you can use uh you know you can use just paper or you can just splatter stuff there's abstract art you know and i look at the same thing with deathmatch wrestling i think deathmatch wrestling can have this like really profound type of storytelling, this profound way to get a, this visceral knee-jerk reaction out of people. And then if you really know what you're doing in there, you can really like provoke some real strong emotions because you can manipulate that and you can twist that in such a way, you know? And I, I get, I, my mouth waters thinking about stuff like that. Cause I'm just like, dang, like, that'd be really cool. You know, like, um, I was joking about it. We were talking about Invictus. I was joking about it. I was like, dang, I really hope Kennedy Copeland wins because she's doing all the death matches, all the hardcore matches. And selfishly, I want to do a, a hardcore street fight with this girl for the Invictus title. You know, maybe fingers crossed. Maybe Alex is still, maybe we could still make it happen after I, uh, after I'm done with Big Calix. But uh, oh my God, Kennedy Copeland, like that's just, both. she's an awesome person and an awesome wrestler. And I just, I want some type of excuse to do another death match, especially with um, a person of that caliber. Like, she's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And she, yeah, you're right. Like, absolutely a sweet person. Like, uh, you know, we had her on the show and we talked with her and she she laughed when I kept referring to her as, like, the baddest woman on the planet. Because I was like, yo, like, I have watched your stuff. I know what you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, it impresses it's not like me. Just walking a park, <laughs> yo. The skewers, the everything. Like she, she doesn't, she doesn't play. I'm kind of just like, whoa. Like I, I like that, and I, it, it's just really, really cool. Like it happened so organically. Like she was just like, yeah, I just, this is what I do now. Like I'm just, uh, it's not even like she's a death match. Like she's just like, this is what I do. This is how I am. I'm a. I'm a performer. I'm a wrestler. Like I do this. I do this at the at on all levels, you know. And I think that that's the phase of uh, my career that I'm at right now too. Is like trying to prove I can do this on all levels, you know. I get excited with the opportunity and the the prospect of like, hey, I could do this in any way, you know. I I love switch wrestling. Switch wrestling. Wrestling with a switch in my hand. It makes me so happy. I feel so fulfilled. I love 
the reaction that I get from it and I feed off of it. And I sometimes I surprise myself with the stuff I'm able to pull off with my switch in my hands and while I'm playing. But um, being able to show a new level to myself, being able to show a new side of myself sometimes, that's also really exciting too, you know? And like being able to show somebody something a little different. Like when I did my death match, I think people were surprised by it. And, you know, they see me pull out a GameCube and curb stomp Casanova Valentine on a GameCube or, you know, maybe next time I'll pull out some tax out of the GameCube or something like I, I get so excited for stuff like that, you know, like, it's just, you know, the, the, the deathmatch scene can use a little bit of some gaming, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll hit somebody with an Xbox and give them, give them the Red Rings of Death or something, you know? Yeah, I like that. Or you take like a bunch of controllers and bust them open, just take the buttons out and just powerbomb people on the button. Oh, oh my God. That's so, I love it. I love it. That sounds so painful, but I love it. Or you take, you take a button, right? And you just like push it on the middle of their forehead and you just start pounding it. Like you're pounding. Oh, like a skewer almost. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Uh, I always wanted to do, I saw, uh, I forgot what tournament of death it was, but I saw like a CCW match uh, years ago when I was a teenager uh, the exploding TV gimmick, you know, like you hit someone with the TV, explodes. I want to do the exploding game console, man. I'm just going to hit you if it blows up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be wild. I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. I would not know what to do. Or like, you like just, <laughs> I just there's like so many, like the more you say it, the more I'm like, yeah, I want to play with that idea too. Like I, I really would do, I would do like a console, like, a console death match. <laughs> I think I would definitely for that. Like that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> See, my idea is we gotta find I gotta find this like arcade lot, like an old abandoned arcade lot, and I just start throwing people through it. It's like a SmackDown versus Raw, one of those locker room brawls, except it's through the arcade and we're just I'm just using all of the arcades for it. Oh, that'd be great. Uh I gotta find the right budget for that though, because I'm arcade machines ain't cheap. <laughs> or you just take someone's face and you like bang it off like the pinball machine. And just have the pinball machine pop up and say like tilt like right across it. Yes, yeah, yes. I just start yep, it starts popping them in the face or something. Yes. <laughs> oh, multi-ball. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of hitting people with things, what's the hardest that you've been hit? Uh well, light tubes hurt, I'm not gonna lie. And uh, they get stuck in my hair really bad and I found light tube, I mean, like, I literally found light tube glass all over my clothes and body for, like, the next three days straight. I think I had a friend who literally was like, hey, wait a minute, what's this in your hair? And, and literally, she plucked out a piece of glass three days later. Oh, and wow. I had washed and showered my body, like, I showered, like, at least twice after that. And I was kind of like, wow, that's, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say the mo- but that, that hurt a lot, but, like, I would say that nothing is beat a kendo stick. Like, kendo sticks hurt so much. And I think it's because, like, you get hit with metal or whatever. It hits the flesh. The pain lingers. And that's kind of it. The, this, the, the kendo stick, it, like, stings the flesh because of the wood and the way the wood is set up. And it hits you and it, 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 it like, almost burns your flesh with the way it stings you. And it lingers in such a weird way. Like, I get sore after getting hit with a steel chair, you know? And that it, it sucks, but you know, I get hit with a kendo stick and it stings. And even like touching that spot again, just hurts and stings. And it's just <laughs> not a fun experience. You know, I, I, and I've gotten hit with a kendo stick a pretty good amount of times. And I still, it just still sucks. It just still sucks. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of, um, cause I know I got, I got my first one in the back and uh, the wood split and then it pinched 
as it came back up. And no. I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. I was like, I hate this. I'd do it again, <laughs> but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, I, I always say to myself, I'm like, yeah, never again with the kind of stick. And then I do it again. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, that's and that's that's the thing I hear about all the time. And then I found I find myself in the same pattern there people are like dude i'll never do that again but like in wrestling like we have a screw loose and we're like no 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 we'll never do it again till the next week and then we'll do it again. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like you know brother i'm never doing a, a, a death match again you're gonna have to pay me top dollar for that then they're like yeah we got you this match you're like where do i sign where do i sign, where, 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 where do I sign? How, uh, I get that. can we can we do, can we can we do it next week <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm looking forward to my match with Big Calix because I'm kind of just like, it's probably the biggest guy I've been in the ring with ever because he's literally the biggest pro wrestler ever apparently. So uh, I am looking forward to uh, getting destroyed. And I had a moment where I was like, wow, this match is probably gonna hurt a lot, you know? Like he's gonna just toss me from point A to point B. I wouldn't be surprised if he just tossed me into the crowd somehow. There's socially distance. He still gets me over there, and I'm like, I'm looking forward to that, you know? Like I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> What's well, like, so the first person I was ever in the ring with, the first match like I ever did, right, was with uh, Big Trouble Ben Bishop. Like, he was ah, nice, nice, nice. And then, like, we had, like, a really fun match. And, like, getting dropped from seven foot sucks. But then my most recent match was with Beastman. And I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> all, these, all these big guys, you know, you just, you just got to. But I, but I love it. I'm like, yo, like this is fun. Like, let me get, let me get Wrecking Ball Ligurski next. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, oh man, that guy, he is strong as hell. Oof. I, uh, I teamed with him at Evolve, and still somehow I still got beat up by him. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, right? Like, it was, it was great. It was great. It was great. <laughs> oh, I man. guess he wasn't a fan of Nintendo or something. Yeah, he's. Clearly, he's a he's a PlayStation guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious though, man. Like, I know a lot of wrestlers who like to eat. Like, some some do eat before like their match. A lot of them don't, and then they always have like that post match snack or meal. So, what's your post match no, post match snack or meal? Uh, so I guess snack wise, uh, I'll usually stock up on a lot of candy, like because I I just need sugar, like like pure unaltered just pure sugar so usually like an airhead like a pure airhead it would hit the spot um anything gummy like a lifesavers gummy or a sour power straws anything sour really sweet or tart really hits the spot for me in terms of like a good meal like um i know everybody has the wawa versus sheets debate uh i'm definitely a little bit more of a sheets guy these days I grew up on wawa and wrestling like i really did i was i was faithful to wawa i i I, 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 I was loyal to her and then sheets entered my life this past year. Cause I, I guess, cause I was going to Philly way more and the, you know, <laughs> PA way more. And I have not, I don't feel any type of regret, no regret <laughs> whatsoever. Like I, I just, I think Wawa has the better, like, I think Wawa has the better hoagies. Like I, I'll give them that, but sheets just has such a, so many options the burgers, the, the 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 size, the mac and cheese, the mac and cheese bites are so freaking good. Like I, oh my gosh, so those mac and cheese bites, uh, onion rings. Uh, there's this really good. Um, I forgot what the burger was. It was like a bacon, 
bacon burger on a on a pretzel bun. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Then you just add mozzarella sticks on top. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, like, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so that's like my meal. And then of course, like, because at this point I'm just spurging. And then a sheet soda, cotton candy flavor. Oh, okay. And you know what? Now next time I next time I go and I buy sheets, like that's definitely what I'm gonna do. I've never, I never even like dabbed in it because like I've been there like twice now. And so mm-hmm. both times I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm gonna take this. But then like I saw the burger plan. I was like, yo, let me let me get that. Let me throw these mozzarella sticks on top too. So I was mm-hmm. like, I definitely understand where you're coming from. No, oh, it just it's so good. And then like, you know, usually like when I wrestle, I don't like intentionally fast. What I'll like do is like I like some wrestlers like eat, don't eat and I'm like, I can't do that. I need like energy and like, you know, I have a pretty decent metabolism. So like I, I can eat. It's just like I don't like that bloated feeling. So I'm like usually careful. I'm usually counting calories uh pretty decently that day. So like I have like I usually try to wake up early and get like a good early meal in so that it's digested by the time of show time. So like I'll maybe have like a somewhat big breakfast or have a big protein shake. And then by the time we get to the show, depending on if it's afternoon time or if it's a little bit later, then I'm usually pretty good. And then like that last, that first real meal after I wrestle, it just hits so good. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely can, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, I'm curious, man. Like, um, like you said, like you've been in the business now like for a few years, but you weren't really too comfortable in the first couple of years that you were in. I'm just curious though. Like, like, what kind of advice would you want to give to, like, up-and-coming wrestlers? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm still an up-and-coming wrestler, damn it. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Uh, it's just, it, it is weird when I get asked that stuff because sometimes I just, I still feel like I'm still trying to learn so much of, like, for myself. But I will say, um, I, I think it's always hard because I think the first few years, it's always just like learning, like listening to everybody and trying to get all this knowledge. And I will say that it's very important to collect all this knowledge. Um, I think you should be an encyclopedia of knowledge your first two, three years. Like there's so many avenues too, like so many podcasts, JR's podcast, even the guy who hates me, Jim Cornette a little bit. I think there's so much knowledge, good knowledge that comes in terms of the basics, in terms of psychology, in terms of the way you should attack it. So many wrestlers have their own podcasts. Even Corey Graves' podcast is like, I listen to it because I love hearing the, 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 the thoughts of a Bailey or a Roman Reigns or Sasha Banks, even if it's just like 20 minutes, hearing the top people of our industry talking about what motivates them and what keeps them on their toes, you know, what inspires their progression and their tweaks and changes to their character, you know. Um, I would say those first few years are about uh, progress and knowledge and how you apply it to yourself. After that, I think it's just a matter of hopping on the cars and going on the road. I think that, you know, I, I, I just lamented that it didn't really work so well for me, but you still have to do it, you know? And like, I, I, at this point in my career, I still have to do it. And I think that like, you know, there's so many opportunities you get just by showing face, you know, you can easily go, well, I'll just send that page the message. And I guess I'll wait for that. Like, it's not like you show way more just by being there, you know, you show way more by, by helping out by asking questions and by trying to learn you know and i think a lot of times like it takes a lot of humility to go to a show knowing damn well there's no way you're gonna get on no way you're gonna get booked probably no way you're gonna get booked anytime soon but you go there you ask questions you, you ask the top guys what did they do how they broke into this company who to talk to how did they get their opportunity and kind of figure out for yourself how do i make myself an asset for this company you know how do i how would i fit onto the card like realistically you know, I think a lot of times in wrestling, sometimes the issues a lot of guys have is 
they're a little delusional. That's okay because we all have to have a level of confidence. Like, you know, but we all can't be world champion at the same time. You know, we have to like think about, okay, if my role is to be the opening match on the card, how do I make, how do I fill that role and make it the best I can and the best of my ability? You know, how do I, as my character, how do I position myself to either make this crowd hate me or to make them love me or to make them feel bad for me? How do I make them laugh and, and get behind me in that way? Like, what am I trying to do here? And how do I accomplish that at the highest level possible? You know, I, I think it starts to get a little bit more specific once you start getting a little bit older in wrestling. But that's why you get all that knowledge so that you can, like, really apply that stuff in the future. You know, um, when I was younger in wrestling, I watched all the WWE documentaries. I listened to all the podcasts. I, I watched all the New Japan matches. And, and I tried my best to try to pay attention to these little different things because I, I really wanted to learn. And I love wrestling. So it was it was easy to do in a lot of ways because I, I I eat that for breakfast, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I was like, yeah, this is yeah, sure, more wrestling. I get to I got to study this by all means, yeah. And I think it really goes a long way, you know. And I think that um, you know, it's really cool too when you know you just remember it's a journey. You know, I I just say to up and coming. I guess it's my main point. In all of this. Just enjoy the journey, you know, like the journey when your first two years in, when you're just learning to the next few years when you're on the road. And then the next few years, when you start getting that opportunity to showcase what you can do and fulfill your role and, 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 and play your part. You know, we, we can't all be the top guy in the company, at least not at the same time, but we can all fill a role in a show, fulfill that role and make it a really dope show. Like Invictus, that show was really, really awesome. I got to watch a good majority of the matches and I was so happy because I was like top to bottom, this card kind of did everything it was supposed to do. And like, I think everybody really filled their roles really well. The women's match was awesome. The ladder match was a ladder match. It was really fun. Um, obviously me and Kelly did a little something different. You'd try to break a Wii and try to get in my head and I had to beat him up. You know, it was, we, we, you know, I, I smacked big dust of a Sonic popsicle. Then you got Ken Broadway and TJ in the main event you know, hard hitting as it gets and trying to knock each other's teeth out. It, it's, it's all different, but then it all comes together because it's like a, it's like a well-rounded, I like to think of wrestling at its purest form as like a, a MCU movie. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to get your action. You're going to get your drama. You're going to get a little bit of comedy, some, some, some jokes some some funness and you're going to get larger than life characters. And when it's a really good show, it, it's like, it's like infinity war, man. Like you get everything you want and then some. And you get the teaser for a little bit more, you know? I was like, as long as it doesn't leave you like Infinity War left you. Right, right. And that was a, I, I was giving you the example because, you know, like you get that cliffhanger at the end of like, okay, right. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I guess I, I hope that I don't get like snapped out of existence at the end of a show. <laughs> oh, I was just, because you know, like you're 100% right. Like a good wrestling show should make you feel like you just like, you went through like this epic adventure. Uh, especially as a fan or even just as a wrestler yourself, like you should feel like you went through this epic adventure. I was just thinking in the sense of like Infinity War, like I have never told this story like on the air before. I've told the story like plenty of times, a lot of people. But after I got to watch it, Infinity War, I sat in my car for 20 minutes trying to figure out what I just watched. <laughs> I was just, I was so like emotionally, I was just done. I was like, I, I just was like, what, what happened? Like, what happened like i just kept thinking to myself like over and over again and that's all i kept saying like i drove home i sat in a park in the in my parking stall i was like 
what did I just watch? Like, like trying to replay all the things I saw. And I was just like, I'm like, I'm emotional. I'm just broken. <laughs> you know? it, it's crazy. Cause like, how often do you get that from a movie? Like we've seen the bad guy win. We, we have in movies and we, we, you know, empire strikes back and so many other movies we've gotten that, but like for him to win in such a way and you kill half the universe or something like that, it, it's just like kind of nuts. And I think that there's something really, really powerful about that, that just hits you in a way you can't describe. Like, you know, we always, you know, a lot of us in our generation complain about like, oh, I didn't get to live through this or I didn't get to experience that. I get to tell my kids I got to live through Infinity War and that year long way to figure out what the hell is going to happen. How do the <laughs> Avengers uh, beat Thanos after this or whatever? Yeah, I it's it's you know, I was like, I, the more I think about it, and even like now I'm just getting tongue tied just thinking about like how I felt. I just remember like just being down and like even like days after I was like, bro, like what happened (laughs) oh and that's the thing is like that's like to tie it even back to wrestling it's like when you're suspended in such a disbelief like i i know josh brolin isn't really thanos and i know he really didn't really kill gamora and tom holland all this stuff like that but yo like it's crazy i hated thanos i was like what the hell like you just killed everybody what the hell what you mean half the half the universe is gonna get to prosper now what you mean why did you just create more resources asshole like it was crazy (laughs) like it was it was nuts you know and like you were suspended in this disbelief you know and it really really stuck with you and i think wrestling has the ability at its best to do that with you you know yeah we know what we know about wrestling and this this and that and it's perform but like it can really suck you in and really make you feel something, you know? Um, well, I was, I have, I was just thinking about the, the moment that with the shield, right. Where triple H has the sledgehammer and he's like, there's always a plan B and here comes Seth Rollins from behind. And I remember I had the same feeling where I was like, I'm invested in the shield. I've been invested in the shield now for like a few years. Like I mm-hmm. love these guys. These are awesome. And they've won me over. And in the moment Seth turned, I was like, I hate this dude. I it's, so <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny because I uh, I've made the argument that that is probably um, the greatest. Uh, I, I would say modern day, just to give the respect to all the previous heel turns. But I think that's probably the the greatest modern day of this millennia. I think uh, heel turn because you there's a moment where like so you don't see it coming because you're just like like to me a heel turn you need to not see coming and then the execution of it has to like it has to hit you in such a way off off the off of it. You know, not just the execution, like, hey, did you hit the chair smoothly on them or whatever? Or did they not, like, the Shield just won. They, they have all the control. There's no reason for them to break up. It's like, why? Why would they break up? You know, even backstage, the Shield themselves are like, hey, why are we breaking up? This feels a little early or something. And my favorite moment of it was, like, the always the plan B. You know, Triple H gets the sledgehammer. Seth goes to grab the chair. You get this feeling like, yeah, yeah, they're getting ready for war. I legitimately was thinking to myself, oh, man, some old wrestler or some NXT guy is going to pop up, be that third member and try to mess up the shield. And that's going to be the new age evolution going forward, you know, because I knew Batista had to go be Drax or whatever, you know. Right. But (laughs) um, like and then you see Seth, the steel chair changes and you hear like this one. Go back and watch it because you're going to hear this in the same. You hear this one fan, one fan scream no then everybody else realizes what's about to happen and then he swings the chair and it just hits him 
And Roman, he doesn't get enough props for the seller he is, but he just takes it so perfectly. He gets hit with it. He crumples slowly. He hangs in the ropes. Dean is is shocked. He doesn't immediately run at Seth. He 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 walks at Seth. Like, wh- why why what did you do? And then Seth just goes to town on Dean. You know, and it's it's just like I, I don't know if there's like anything better in this modern day. You know, like that 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 hits better. You know, there's there's a lot of like turns that are just like oh my god. You know, and I, I think Champa uh, to Gargano was like a, it was one that hit pretty tough. Um, it's funny because like. I kind of, you kind of always knew it was going to happen. And it's, it's crazy to me because, you know, I was a fan of both of them before they got signed. So like, I was kind of familiar with them and obviously they were a makeshift tag team, you know, going to NXT kind of was like, Oh, that's weird. They got signed as a tag team and they're kind of just a tag team now, but then they made it work and you're like, DIY. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Match of the years with the revival. Yeah. And then, you know, the cruiserweight classic happens. You're kind of like, Oh, is going to turn on him. This is it. You know, the psycho killer, psycho killer. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, oh, okay, I guess maybe not. And then, you know, they have their moment in Chicago and then chucks him at the Titan Tron. You're like, oh, there it is. Yep. So, like, you know, you kind of almost felt like it was coming, you know. And that's, like, I don't know. Like, I think wrestling, you know, I, I think you can't just swerve fans. Like, it can't just be that. It can't just be, yeah, you didn't see this coming. And it's like, well, I didn't see that coming because it was kind of ridiculous. But all right. <laughs> You know, well, it's like the heat that and see, like, okay, so it's funny how you mentioned Seth having like one of like the greatest heel turns of, like the modern day. Cause I think Champa had like one of the greatest like heat moments of like of not even just like the modern day. I'm I mean just in general. Like a man mm. came out with no music and just that I I was watching it and the heat that I was feeling was just on another level of nuclear. No, I was like, no, it was great. And also, like, you know, there's a lot of a debate about, like, wrestling. You know, I, I guess I, I guess we're just exposing everything in this podcast. But um, there's a lot of debate about, like, heels and how to be a heel in this era. Like, if it's even possible. Because, you know, um, all the great heels pander on social media. They want you to buy their merch. They want you to subscribe to their channel. They want you to do this, this, and that. And then you got the 60-year-olds who'll be like, my back in my day, they threw tomatoes at us from the crowd and they hated me. They tried to shoot me with a gun. They hated my guts. And you know, valid, valid. That that is real heat. If someone wants to shoot you with a gun, you got heat, brother. Like you just got it. But you know, we live in a different time. We live live in a different climate, you know. There's different challenges, you know. I, I think that. You know, most of those wrestlers back then, they wouldn't know how to navigate a social media. You know, they'd probably be super nice to all their fans on social media, maybe. Who knows? You know, you can't just say whatever the, the hell you want to say on social media. There's a level of nuance and sophistication you still have to have. Right. You know, now we blur the lines. Like there was a thing with um a few days ago, MGF. You know, he's probably like probably the best heel right now, I guess, because he blurs the lines in a lot of ways where you kind of think, oh, that guy's probably legitimately a jerk. You know, he posts fan art and he calls it Mark art, you know, and he doesn't credit the artist or whatever. And, you know, people would be like, hey, credit the artist. And he's like, no, I don't want to. And, you know, is that him getting heat or is that him just being a jerk? And, you know, to him, he probably doesn't give it. Give, he probably doesn't care, you know, and like some people will argue like, oh, no, that's not even good heat. That's this isn't that. But then it's like, what is good heat? Is it the heat that makes you comfortable? Is it the heat that makes you uncomfortable? you know how much of this 
you know, and I, it gets into this nuance of the art form of like, is wrestling at its best when it's making you feel stuff you weren't prepared to feel. Right. You know, cause a lot of people, they want to enjoy art and, you know, wrestling also there's like wrestling. There could be some people who just want to watch comedy wrestling who just want to watch a good wrestling match, a good contest for 20 minutes, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about this era is like, there's so much options. If you don't like that kind of heat, you don't have to watch MJF. You don't have to watch AEW. You know, you can watch NXT, which has a little bit more of a performance focus on wrestling. You want even more of a focus on wrestling. ROH to me is like back. They're doing pure rules with the rope breaks and you only get to get hold the rope three times. Like pure, pure wrestling, literally pure wrestling. And it's like, there's the stories that they can tell with that. You know, it's, it's like, it's so awesome. Like you have all these options, you know? And like, if you don't want to go on that roller coaster of emotion that you can't even control or predict, you could just also watch really good wrestling. You know, you could also just watch the independence. There's so many options, you know, and I know that's a cliche because everybody said that for the past 10 years, but it's like, it's so, it's so truer. It's so truer. Like, it's just like, I think 10 years ago when I was watching the independence and stuff, when I was first kind of breaking into wrestling and independent wrestling, because I got into it a little later, you know, it was, it was Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, them getting signed made me go, Hey, where do these guys come from? And back then I just thought it was, you know, WWE, uh, impact and uh back in tna and uh roh and then later i started to pick up on czw and chikara pwg uh new japan and I was, oh this is really really cool and then i didn't even really know that the independents were so vast that there was ind- indie companies in every town and every city and every state everywhere and it's just so cool like and I just like whenever people are like wrestling sucks and wrestling's not the same, I'm like, there's so many options, you know, like there's something for everybody. You want to watch death matches, there's ICW, there, there's GCW, there's so many options. You want to watch uh intergender wrestling and you want to watch LGBTQ, you want to watch representation, there's uncanny attractions, there's Paris is bumping, uh, you know, to an extent cap camp leapfrog. There's all these companies that have all of this, you know, and it's really cool. And it makes me so happy because I'm like, damn, this is a really good time to be a wrestler. This is a really good time to be in the industry because there's everything for every niche. You know, there's every, there's a, there's a platform for everybody. There's an ability to fill a role and to be a part in every way, you know? And I guess I'm a little crazy because I'm like, I want to be a part of every single facet. I want to do everything, you know, because there's so many options. I kind of want to wrestle everywhere. I kind of want to wrestle everyone. I kind of want to wrestle every style. Don't be surprised if six months from now you see me doing catch wrestling with with Gresham or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because, you know, big shout-outs. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say big shout-outs to Ring of Honor because I watched uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Jay Lethal, and I was in love with that match. Um, In fact, on our power rankings, because we have uh, the three-count podcast power rankings, it was number one. We made it number one on the list. It was, you know, such an awesome match, such a great storytelling too. And I was like – No, yeah. Gresham's on another level. And I remember seeing him like when I first broke in, like uh, I was I was like a young boy in the locker room, and he was he came in, you know, with, with a decent name, like he was, you know, he'd wrestled for a good amount of years, and I thought he was, I was like, oh wow, this guy is really good. He might be up there with Saber, and like I feel silly thinking like, like yeah, he's up there. He might he might be up there with Saber. Now it's like no, I think it's like you know when you think of the top technical wrestlers, you either say Gresham or Saber, and and honestly, I lean a little bit. I, I think Gresham's been on such a tear, man. Like. I'm kind of just like, yeah, I, I, I take Gresham right now, you know? Yeah. No disrespect to Sabre. 
Well, you know, it's something to be said that when you're holding the pure wrestling title and you won it eight times, or you won, you've defended eight times and won eight different ways. Yeah, yeah, I think you definitely, uh, you definitely win that role. Like, I get it, I get it, right? I get New Japan fans, I get it. Okay, like the cup is everything, right? But that title means a lot too. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> All right, so I do need to, I do need to ask this question though, right? I need one do and one don't. Of the locker mm. room, uh, I will say. So it is a cliche to shake everybody's hand, and this is that. I don't always believe in that, but I believe in greeting everybody, especially in COVID time. I think, like, I do think it's it's respectful to greet everybody, to say hello. Um, I'm a fan of the help. Hey, everybody! Hey, what's up, Leroy? Da da da. And then you just keep it moving. Uh, you never know if people are busy or whatever. One of the don'ts I, I like to tie it into this. Do not overextend for the grading, for the hello, for the handshake, for the whatever. Because if someone's in the middle of calling their match or someone's in the middle of doing something or if someone's just kind of not in a great mood, you know, you got to read the room a little bit. You know, um, <laughs> I always think of this awkward exchange. Uh, oh, great. I got a story, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I was um, backstage for AW Dark. I was there with one of my friends. You know, we, were, we had got on the show and stuff. Uh, we're walking backstage in the locker room. We see... Um, probably the biggest guy, you know, biggest star in the the company, John Moxley. You know, I, you know, I kind of have this idea of John Moxley, you know, I'm like, okay, he's probably, he's kind of a loner type. Uh, I I do, I want to selfishly say hi, but we probably shouldn't press it. So I I said, yo, what's up, John? And like, he's kind of like sort of on the other side of the corridor. And he, he, he looks over, gives me the head nod and one of these. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Then my friend who was kind of to the left of me, he starts kind of pushing us a little bit closer to Moxley. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he reaches over for the fist bump. Moxley's still kind of doing this. And he's kind of like. <laughs> and he gives us the most begrudging little fist bump. Like, because we forced him. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, and he just has so much, discon- just so much discontent like for us. And I'm just like, really? Really? We, we really needed that fist bump, huh? He really needed it, huh? And he and he he looked at my friend looked at me and he's like, Yeah, uh, that was pretty awkward, wasn't it? I was like, Yeah, you think. <laughs> so I would say, uh, don't press, don't press for the fist bump. You take the grading that you can get. If anything, maybe after that you can have the conversation when they're free, and that's even better. If you don't have a conversation with a wrestler, you know, that you look up to or a wrestler that you think is pretty cool or whose work you admire or who you're a fan of, I think that goes a long more way than just saying, like, yeah, I got that fist bump or handshake. Because then it's like, okay, yeah, you forced it out of them, you know, and made it weird. Like, you know, maybe be cool, be chill, and, you know, then you can have a conversation with them. And then that's even more meaningful because you're like, wow, I got to pick the brain of John Moxley. Or, hey, I got to pick the brain of so-and-so or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's like that was like the one thing for me, too. Like, even just, like, showing up to, like, a new locker room. Like, yeah, I want to meet everybody. I want to say hi, like, uh, like, before you had shown up. Uh, I came in, I said, hi, like I'm Cliff, like I'm, I'm here and that, you know, I'm just coming to help set up. That's all it is. Right. And uh, I met a few people, some names, I, some names I just can't remember, but then like, I just, I sat like in a group of guys and just didn't say anything. And Alex showed up and he was, Hey guys, we're going to set up all the tables here and over here, some chairs of the Cliff, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, hi, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> just there he's like i didn't even see you i was like i know i just like blended my surroundings it's pretty cool and then after that like everybody like walked up and like hey what's up i'm blah blah i'm like hi like 
I'm just here to help set up. That's all I'm here for. But I, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to try to like, I'm not like, I might see you. I might give you like a head nod. Or I might throw like a shock up like John, but I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to get in your bubble. I've heard about like, there was a story. It was, it was, I think it was Randy Orton was telling the story and he was calling a match and like some dude, it was an extra just like walked up and in the middle of like, I think it was Jeff and Randy were calling their match. And he Oof. just stood there and he just waited. Cause you know, like that's the rule. Like, yeah, go shake everybody's hands. And he just stood there and they're calling their match. And then they have stopped turn. They go and they shake this guy's hand and then he leaves. But I was like, yo, I was like that man standing there for like two, three minutes, listening to them call the match. I was like, come on, man. At some it's, point you gotta be like, that's, that's great. Cause I literally just heard, I, I like just read like a Randy Orton interview where he was like, yeah, I actually used to hate Matt Riddle. Cause uh, you know, as a veteran, like, you know, Orton's a veteran now. And, like, he's just like, yeah, like, you know, NXT, there was, like, a joint event or whatever, and Matt Riddle was there in the locker room. And he's just, he's he sees me, and he doesn't say hi or anything. He's just kind of staring at me. And I, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm just like, wow, it's really, I think it just depends on context. Because I've, you know, I think I've been there, too. Like, I'm not, no, I, I think I can understand of, like, okay, this guy hasn't said what's up to me. I wonder if something's up or... I don't know. And, you know, it, it's a human, it's, it's not a wrestling thing as much as a human thing. You just want to be great. It's a professional setting. You know, we're all here to work. We're all here to do a job on some level, even if it is just to set up the ring, or even if it is to ring the bell, or even if you're a fan, like sometimes you're just like, yeah, just say what's up. You know, if you're here before the show, say what's up, whatever, read the room. If I'm calling my match or if I'm trying to do something, you know, maybe now's not the time for a conversation, you know, like if I'm trying to sell merch to fans, and someone's trying to pick my brain on something. I'm kind of just like, hey, uh, can I can I can I do what I gotta do first, and we could talk later? <laughs> like I'm flattered, but like I, I kind of trying to make a few bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely yeah. That's like the one thing I remember. I just going through and just sitting at him, just like you know, I, I love the fact that we're just talking about Invictus because it's just like simple. But like yeah, I just sat around and just chilled out. Like I. I wanted to go say hi to a bunch of people who I had interviewed on the on the podcast, but I wasn't going to be like, oh, hey, do you remember me from blah, blah, blah? Like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to wait. Whenever they're chilling out, I'll just walk up, approach them, say hi, and then we'll go from there. And uh, yeah, it made it easy. But I was like, I was like I'm just, I, I'm one of those guys, like, I just look at everything. I observe everything first, and then I'll be like, all right, I'll go talk to that person. <laughs> nice. No, I, I'm, I'm the same way. No, and that's what you, I was going to say. That's what you did with me, because I think... I started selling merch early. Like I set up my table pretty quickly and stuff like that. I, I interacted with a few fans and I think you came afterwards and then you said, Hey, I'm Cliff. Da, da, da. And I was like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, yeah, I have this podcast. I'm, I'm trying to get you on. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, I feel like I've met you before. And I was like, Oh, and then I thought about it. I was like, I feel like I've heard of your podcast too. I was like, okay. I, and you're like, yeah, I hit you up. And I was like, Oh, I feel bad now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, man. Like we can, I can totally be on the podcast and, Voila, you know, that's we, we've come full circle, right? <laughs> well, with that being said, man, those are like all like really like the hard hitting questions, but I do have our second best segment that's on the three count podcast show. People ask, What's the first? and I tell them it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can catch on our debate show every week, or you can check out the you can check out the replay of it now because we just started doing this. Uh, you can check out the replay on Instagram or on TikTok. So you can check out what the, the podcast uh, rankings for top matches of the week are. But 
This is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Mr. Leroy, I know you're a gamer. So yes, I am. we set this up purposely for you. <laughs> I'm going to have 10 questions. I'm going to fire them rapid fast at you. And then it's whatever first thought comes to mind. All right, let's do this. Let's play. Let's go. I'm going to put on the imaginary timer. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. It's a Friday night. What are you doing? Watching SmackDown usually. <laughs> uh, we or we you? Oh, we easy. We you is a failure of a system. And I love <laughs> favorite, Nintendo. Favorite movie? Uh, Endgame. Oh, I really liked Endgame. I really liked Endgame. <laughs> okay. Pokemon or Monster Hunter? Pokemon. Sorry, Monster Hunter is good, but Pokemon. You can't touch Pokemon. <laughs> favorite color? Right now, I'm feeling kind of blue, purple, like a nice little blue, purple kind of color. Okay. Okay. Sonic Mario. Mario. Although one of my friends got me in the Sonic fix where I'm kind of just diving back into Sonic, but uh, still always Mario. Favorite podcast? Oh, the, ten, the three count podcast. You guys, right? You know, I, I got to say that, right? If I say other podcasts, I, I'd be kind of, uh, it'd be kind of bad, right? No, no. I, we, we definitely appreciate when people tell us that. But honestly, like we've had everybody else throws out of the podcast too. And I'm like, I'm like, some of them, I'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go check that one out too. <laughs> like, well, if I'm going to put over another podcast, I'll put over IndieCast. They gave me a really, really good interview. Those guys were really cool. And my favorite thing about it, which you're sort of kind of diving into with the gaming and stuff, which is really cool. Uh, sorry, Imaginary Timer. With the gaming stuff, because they asked me more about gaming than they did about wrestling, which was a really, it was a fun twist. <laughs> bad, bad. All right, I need you to nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Uh, OMG, Abby Jane. I, I love Abby Jane. I think she should be honest. I think she'd do great. Uh, if not her, maybe Abs. You know, I like abs. I think he would be really good in a in a good uh, interview setting. And, you know, his abs would probably be half the camera, you know? Yeah. Andrew's better body system, of course. Yes. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely reach out to Abby Jane, though, because I know that's, that's definitely a name. It's not the first time that they've, that name's been brought up. So I'm definitely going to have to reach out now. Um, yes, yes. And this is our last question. And my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show, favorite curse word. Uh, and yes, that's, you are. that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Uh, probably shit. I, I like I like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I guess, because it just rolls off the tongue. It's quick. It could be very comedic, and it could be very like not aggressive. And I feel like most curse words are just so aggressive. Like f bombs are just so tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think ass is really tame. Like I don't feel like ass is a curse anymore. I feel like ass is too tame. But I feel like shit is like shit. Or it could be like <laughs> she. You know, it could be really fun. Like I think there's so much more uh, funny stuff. You know, like you could do with the word, and it has like so many different connotations and meaning. Like I just said, I like shit. You know, and like it can mean that I just like stuff, or it could just mean that I like uh, the stuff that goes in the toilet. You know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe both at the same time. Who knows? So that's it for the 10 count question. So the last thing I need from you, sir, is can I get uh, where our viewers and our listeners can find you? Well, I've made it easy for everybody. So you can follow the Invictus social media wrestling champion. I like that. You know, like that plug uh, at Twitter at Big Game Leroy on Instagram at Big Game Leroy. You can add me on Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg would not let me get rid of the green. You can add me at Leroy Green, <laughs> and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which would be also Big 
game Leroy. And you can also support me by, you know, hitting up my Pro Wrestling Tees, prowrestlingtees.com slash buy Big Game Leroy. And also, if you hit up Fully Gimmicked, I am selling Big Game Leroy cartridges, which are fully playable. And what game? I have no idea because they're all randomized. We found them in some, uh, some <laughs> blockbuster or something. But I promise you, if you plug it into an NES, you'll play something and it'll be fun because it is me. <laughs> bet whether well, you guys have it so Gino there's all these plugs so you guys know where to find him and uh that's it this is the three count podcast presents now entering ring and like I said at the top of the show I am Clifford Red Dog Miller but it's never about me it's about who's now entering the ring and you guys see him right there he is the myth the man the legend the greatest of Nintendo supporters of all time big game Leroy you guys know what to do tune into the next episode and be there or you just just wait till this episode ends, please, because after the outro, another episode is going to play. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.